Hey guys, my name is Sagan. I'm an addict. My name is Mark, and I'm an addict. Never alone, never again. <laughs> no matter what, right? Straight up. And welcome to Recovery on the Real. Um, today we have decided to talk about naloxone, also known as Narcan. Uh, for those of you that don't know, um, this medication reverses the effects of opioid-induced overdose, and um, it has actually saved a lot of lives. Uh, I've personally used it quite a bit, and um, it's it's incredibly terrifying, though, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I think my most recent experience with it, I remember seeing the fire department uh, reviving a friend of mine that's you know, I've been wondering about this guy too because I don't know whatever happened to him but since I've been clean. But yeah, um, I mean, I saw him bring him back to life, but it's just very, very tense moment. I remember, you know, you can know how to use it and think and have a good idea of what you need to do. And I'm telling you right now, when your friend is dying in front of you and you're on the phone with the paramedics, you're trying to listen to them tell you to do CPR, everything goes out the window. Um, it's a yeah. very... Uh, you know, unfortunate thing that people have to experience. And of course, uh, you know, seeing death as a result goes without saying as being really uh, hard to deal with. Um, it's a really surreal experience. Yeah. Um, I just remember whenever he came, <laughs> whenever he came to the firemen were all like, yay. And he says, I'm not going to the hospital. And they're like, well, you're going or else we're just going to have a police officer, uh, you know, escort him. Yeah. Care of. <laughs> so he, uh, under that uh, motivation, he went, Yeah, I think that people in the um, community, especially in the urban areas, like here in Tulsa, don't realize the, um, like the, how easily it is, how easy, easily acquired it can be. You can get Narcan. Um, there's a foundation, Oklahoma harm reduction Alliance. It's okra. Okay. H R A. I mean, you can actually get um, a lot of harm reduction supplies other than just Narcan, but they have Narcan nasal deployment and as well as the um, muscular deployment, which of course is with a uh, needle mm -hmm. and a vial. Um, so they also have like the EpiPen style, but those are like $3,000 a piece. Yeah. For some yeah, reason, really expensive. It's, it's ridiculous. I remember doing that. At a, a, we did some harm reduction in an apartment complex uh, job. I just left actually. And um, we uh, blew my mind, like, what all resources we actually have for that, because I never knew that. And of course, there's, like, shots and stuff like that that serve, like, a, it's kind of like a needle exchange, but they also provide Narcan. And you right. can get that. It's very, very easy to uh, come across. You will also see there's, like, the stickers that are, like, a bumper sticker kind of thing with a QR code you can scan. And I actually carry both the muscular deployment and the um, nasal deployments in my vehicle, um, just because you never know you're going to come across that. And luckily I haven't came across an instance yet. So, you know, also being in recovery home or, you know, the recovery house scene, you definitely want to, um, you know, it's something to have with you. I mean, you know, God forbid, but yeah, I'd rather like, kind of like what people say with weapons, I'd rather have them and not need them, right. Than need it and not have it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I guess, uh, you could look at Narcan's like your, uh, crusader weapon to try to save somebody you know you don't want to like lose someone in overdose if you can stop it yeah for sure i mean i've had quite a bit of experience with narcan um either administering it to somebody else or having it administered to me 
and I don't know if you've ever been Narcaned before, but it is one of the worst experiences that I've ever had in my life. Um, this last time they had to hit me with Narcan four times in order to bring me back. Um, once nasally and three times, um, intravenously. So it was, it was a pretty bad situation. Um, but the last time I remember using Narcan, um, I was still in my active addiction and somebody came running through the door saying that somebody had overdosed and I ran over there as fast as I could. It was right next door. And I walked in and this, this girl's on the ground, uh, blue, just totally blue. Her lips were blue. Her skin was turning blue. And I immediately started giving her mouth to mouth. And it was, um, it was a few minutes before we could get the Narcan to her. Um, so I'm administering mouth to mouth. I'm trying to keep her breathing because a lot of the damage comes from lack of oxygen to your brain. Um, eventually, you know, your body just on reflex will, will try to take a breath by itself, but that's not going to sustain your brain. So, uh, we ended up having to hit her with two, um, nasal Narcans and it was one of the most terrifying experiences of my life. I've done it many times before, but this one was probably the worst. I was actually really worried that she wasn't going to make it. And after I finally got her up and talking and, you know, breathing properly, I was just exhausted. I was just emotionally, mentally, physically spent and I didn't I didn't know how to cope with that except to use some more, you know? Yeah. Um, like, I have very little experience administering it um, the, the, rather than seeing it administered. Um, working, we were, I worked in a treatment center, and I've seen someone get uh, have that administered in the lobby of the place. I mean, it, it, you know, it can happen anywhere. I mean, that's, again, why I stress, like, the importance of keeping some with you you know, especially in recovery. I mean, you never know when we, it's, it seems like we have an eye for that a little bit better than the average bear. Yeah, for sure. And, um, not to say that we would take the place of a medical professional, but definitely I think we have overqualified ourselves, <laughs> Yeah, especially at the hands-on experience. And that's such a, such a crazy story you shared. Um, you know, it's just, it's hard to imagine knowing you now, seeing, just imagining that, but I know because myself and my own throws with it, that, you know, it's not that crazy to think, but it's just, it is, it blows my mind. It's just definitely, uh, you know, I know a lot of people that listen and that we know have experienced it on both sides and administered it and had it administered to them. And so I know that definitely, you know, touches, you know, touches home. And, uh, you know, that's why I wanted to share those resources and definitely get those links posted Absolutely. on our Facebook page to the harm reduction. And, you know, anyone you know that's maybe still actively using, um, it, it's kind of a thing in the program that, you know, I came kind of some stigma with because it's like, harm, okay, I'm trying to be abstinent from substance, right. but yet I'm going to propagate harm reduction. That's because, I mean, I'm a beneficiary of harm reduction. I think that... You know, who knows? Did they save? They may have saved me from communicable diseases by yeah. helping me out. And I'm just saying that, like, it's going to happen. And I think that as a community, the best approach is to reduce harm. And then, and that's an, also an opportunity to touch base 
and to uh, share the word of, uh, hey, this is how I was and this is what I'm doing now and this is what you can try. Right. And just kind of like, you know, leave that little breadcrumb trail towards recovery. And I yeah. think... I think that you know it's it's definitely worth a worth a, a shot, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like I think that uh, you know it, just being present and being a part of a solution rather than being judgmental because it's it's just it's a, one of the paradoxical things about us. We just are like so quick to be a little judgy about it, and it's like. I've learned anything. I've, if I've learned nothing at all, it's being open-minded to different ways and methods of approaching any certain problem or topic. And I'm not saying you should go out there and if you're in recovery or trying to stay abstinent from substance, I'm not saying that you should go out and entrench yourself with people that are using and give them all these things to continue their using. That's not what I mean at all. Yeah. I think that's where a lot of our minds go. Right. But it, it's literally about what the words are, harm redu- reduction. We're just trying to, uh, you know, it's a it's an epidemic issue and uh, there's multiple ways to deal with it. And this is just one of them. It's just yeah. part of staying open-minded about it. Well, one of the things that kind of comes to mind with, with me, with that whole situation, that conversation is you know, when they are teaching abstinence, like with sex, you know, people are going to do it regardless. Like it's going to happen regardless, but the best thing you can do is teach safe sex. You know, there's certain precautions that you can take that might not stop it, but it'll make it a lot safer. And I think that that's what a lot of people struggle with trying to wrap their heads, heads around. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just funny if you mention uh, substance and it makes it oh but this is that and it, I mean I don't I don't know like where the hang up is on it yeah because it's like for one in in the it's like in the world of um and like you gotta understand whenever we talk about someone being able to use a substance successfully I'm just like no way <laughs> definitely not because it's like we look <laughs> at the drink menu at the restaurant I'm just like you know just screwing around. Alcohol is never really my thing. Everything is my thing. Right. But I look at that and I see these drinks and I'm thinking, well, that's not even enough to get you fucked up. And it's <laughs> that's like, exactly oh. where our mind yeah, goes. Though. Like, <laughs> the first so place. So anyways, what I'm getting at is the people that are able, that apparently there are people that are, quote, air quotes, normal enough that they can, they can use successfully. There are people that can. I've heard of it before. It is crazy to me. In my attic mind, it's not real. And of course, that's we could go down all the rabbit holes of what I think is real and not real. <laughs> and it's very a very colorful picture. But what I'm what I'm getting at with this is that you know it's like the worst drug in my opinion that's ever been thought of or created is legal and alcohol. I mean, mm-hmm. and it's like that is something that's acceptable. It's like, and there's no way we can harm reduce that. Yeah. But I mean, you know. It's wild. And I mean, and everyone's entitled. I do think that the big thing in my recovery program, the way it looks for, for Mark, is that it's important for me to be inclusive. And even if my mind says, fuck that, I still need to say, man, they, they might, their way might be a little bit better than what your mind says first for your first reaction. Like, I really have to remain open minded. And that's just to keep myself alive, really. Yeah, absolutely. Because, like, I, it's just another thing I've learned. And that's, that, you know, you get around a lot of different personalities and a lot of different people. And there's always going to be someone with a great idea. And there's always going to be one that's better than yours. And just kind of knowing humbly where you stand in there. That's what's good. And I, I try not to get too uh, passionate about it in, in, in public form or discussion. Because, right. like, I know people are just pretty, uh, you know, 
rock solid in their stance on it. And that kind of goes to another one, which is uh, the use of, you know, Suboxone and things that are... Right, which is pretty controversial. Yes, uh, especially in, in fellowship uh, and, and in other... Um, and, and, and just, I, you hear a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And, uh, you know, I think that it's important to stay informed in these um, sectors and just kind of understand that, you know, maybe, maybe that's just what, you know, their, that's how their recovery looks and that's okay. Right. It's important in, in life. And just in, in my opinion, from based on my outlook, that's given to me by my higher power that we're all in harmony and that we can come together. And it's like, if it's keeping someone alive, then that's really for today. That's really where we need to be. Right. No, I agree with that because a lot of people see, um, anybody that's on, um, mat, which is medically assisted treatment, um, with sub suboxone or subutex, um, they see them as less than that's just another way that we judge those people. And I mean, I'm like, and I'm honestly, there's, there is literature pertaining to it in, in specific fellowships. And there is a, I'm not a doctor. I don't, I'm, I'm You're not. It. No, <laughs> you could have fooled me. I lost my license yesterday. Oh, oh okay. so no, no, no. <laughs> but no, uh, <laughs> the thing <laughs> is, is that we're, you know, if I'm not a physician, then I really don't know. And I, and I'm kind of neutral on it. I really, I mean, I've, I've used it before, but I wasn't prescribed it. Right. The irony was the person that was selling me the opiates that I couldn't stop killing myself on was also selling me suboxone. the suboxone because <laughs> yeah. that would stretch the gap of the weekend or they'd run out and this would be there. It really didn't matter. But my point is this, is that I'm not really for or against it. I've never, I've never, uh, I'm never able to use any substance safely. That's my story. And I'm, and I, but I know some success stories yeah. of, of and people that have been on the uh, methadone or the suboxone mm-hmm. that are, that are, you know, have done really well and went on to have productive lives and they weren't doing the cliche things that us addicts do. They weren't um, stealing. They weren't uh, like messing with their, you know, they weren't messing their life up with their kids that are reestablishing themselves. And it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. They're able to hold down jobs and be a productive member of society without all the bullshit that goes along with the stereotypical um, look at addiction. As someone that um, took Suboxone myself multiple times, you know, the really what, what it comes down to for me is that getting off the Suboxone was 10 times harder than coming off of opiates. I mean, heroin, yeah, you're going to go through it. You're going to wish you were dead, but that only lasts for what, a few days, a week, and then you start to come down from that. With the Suboxone, um, going cold turkey off of it, you're, you're going to be feeling that shit for a good two, three weeks at least. And, uh, I'm really grateful that I was able to get off of it. And I know a lot of people, um, either are afraid to get off of it or just don't want to get off of it. And that's fine. You know, everybody's journey is different, but I'm, you know, I'm here to tell you that it's possible. Like you can do it and you know, the shit does get better. Yeah, I just, I don't remember ever, <laughs> I was so good at self-medicating everything that I just, I think the only, like, I was fortunate that whenever I got clean, it was, uh, you know, ironically, two years ago to the day, like, this was going on, and like, it's, it's the irony is of no small amount, like, I, 
I have a stand with, with the person I mentioned that I saw was revived from the Narcan in the very beginning. It's mm-hmm. weird how to go back to that. But that's what I was living with. And this person had let me stay in their house pretty much as trapped out. But blah, blah, blah. I'd been there for a couple of years. And it was down It was down to the bottom. It, we were getting to the, the bedrock. Uh, it was... It was it was over with. Um, there was no uh, the electricity was uh, was I think we had electricity, but there wasn't plumbing. There was just it wasn't your most favorable or hospitable lo- locale to say the least. How many times have we been in that situation though? Yeah, I mean, there's no way to count it. So, you know, I remember uh, I man, like it was just coming down to the nubs, and I had done I I just I was almost dead. I mean, like I had this massive infection in my left arm. And I remember, you know, I had. Um, I counted the twelfth as the first. Day, the it was the last day I had used, or it was my first day I actually did not use, because the tenth I think is when I had done like the damage that caused me to go to the hospital, and I was in there for about ten days. So I think that's where I experienced a lot of my withdrawal, which was like on a little bit of meds because they had had to lance this thing. It was totally, it was a nightmare. Yeah. It was really rough, and I remember I had a really close friend of mine. That was in a recovery home that literally saved me that that came in they, their word was good you know this is the first experience i had with someone from the program that was like about what they were saying and they took me to a very clean place i did not know where the journey was going to take me and if you would have told me that two years later i'm about to embark on this journey of serving serving that place and being just doing what I love to do. I mean, I would have told you you were full of shit. Yeah. And it's so crazy. I guess that it kind of went off on to the right from that, uh, or to the left from the withdraw or withdraw topic. But I think I was so fortunate there because like, you know, and that, that's, that's how I always knew that my higher power and the, and the great thing, mine, you know, no one knows what that is because it's just mine. Yeah. But as always provided and looked out, I mean, and, you know, something carried me through all that, and I can't explain what it was because I'd love to say it was dumb luck, but I don't have none of that. I don't have none right. of that. Yeah. I don't. I just don't. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's awesome to be uh, here today and just um, being able to, uh, you know, share my experience. And just like, you know, I think it's it, what, what we're talking about, this uh, Suboxone deal, like it's awesome for, you know, those of us that hear, hey, this person's not afraid to say, hey, you know, this is my experience with it. I did it and got off of it, and you can too. And if that's not what you want to do right now, then great. And, I mean, that's yeah. the deal. Uh, where I where I spend a lot of my time, uh, you know, never where I'm never alone at, they say, like, let us love you until you can love yourself. Mm-hmm. And I still have this deal as an addict, or if it has to feel good or it's not good. Yeah. Why do I think that as a drug addict? <laughs> I know, Why? I know. So I never understood what that meant. It took coming around and just like being there and just being present in the moment and just understanding, you know, it's great to come across a group of people that that will help carry you through. And I mean, those are available in many different forms. It's not just one way. And that goes back to our open-mindedness thing. It's like you just got to be kind of um, willing to see it from multiple perspectives. Right, getting like, out of yourself. Yeah. So we're saying all that to say this. Uh, there are resources out there, and Mark is going to let you know all about them. So, yeah, we will get the links posted to Oklahoma Harm Reduction Alliance. And um, anything else I can think of that is going to be helpful, you'll find those on the Facebook page, Recovery on the Real podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think that goes out saying that's the name. Of that, that's the name of it. I wasn't so yeah, <laughs> so you guys will be able to locate that there. And uh, we really appreciate all the positive feedback that we heard yesterday. Um, you guys are awesome. And really, the other addicts out there and all of our the ones that inspire us personally are the reason we're doing this. And, yeah. you know, um, so we, we definitely appreciate you guys. And we want you to spread the word about it. And, um, you know, we're going to have some interviews coming up and some features from people that are pretty prominent in our recovery community. And uh, we know a lot of people are interested. And we are taking those into consideration. Just bear with us. We're getting it off the ground and uh, trying to see which way it's actually going to go. And uh, as you know, as addicts, we explore every in out, every billion, every unlimited billion uh, scenario mm-hmm. squared. So, yeah, um, with all that being said, we're very, very glad that you guys are taking time out of your day to listen to us. And yeah. also, thank you so much to uh, Mr. Dougie S., the yeah. world famous. Everybody knows him. <laughs> Everybody man. knows him. He's got a lot of really cool stuff here. Like, I think it's awesome. All this the recognition <laughs> for being a service. Like, you know, that that's a great example of someone that inspires me to, uh, to do more. Because, you know, you look at these guys that have been around and women that have been around and yeah. very, very um, admirable. I mean, it's like, you know, just thinking, imagine, came from these situations of uh, squalor and Narcan and police and fire departments and all this stuff yeah. being there and and you know just thinking that you know it is possible to live better and it's a beautiful thing so yeah what we're saying back <laughs> to the back to the topic back to the topic so that all we will post all those links and once again thank you so much guys thank you guys yep.